Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey guys, today I'm here with one of my good friends, a homie. Sheena, say hi. Hi. You are now what, 34? 34. Looking good, looking good. Thank you, it's Botox. <laughs> Highly recommend it, guys. <laughs> um, she's a little bit older than me. She's a middle-aged woman. I'm sorry, Brad, I'm 34. In what world is that considered middle-aged? She's been around the block. She's been married and divorced. Sheena's also freezing her eggs because right now she's not trying to have a baby, so. No. Middle-aged. Brett called our she-she middle-aged on this week's Vanderpump Rules. I could not believe it. I was shocked. I was saddened. I clutched my imaginary pearls, as did Sheena in the scene. She could not believe her ears, what this man was telling her. Middle-aged. She's 34. I could not believe it. I did laugh really hard. And you guys, I thought this week's Vanderpump Rules was the best of the season thus far. I thought it was miles ahead of the wedding episode. I thought it was better than the premiere. It was my favorite episode. It felt like a classic episode. And I don't know if it's just because I've been cooped up too long, uh, but I loved it. And we're going we're gonna to break it down. Before we do, I have to say that at the end of the episode, I have CT from MTV's The Challenge on the show. So, he's going to call in and we're going to talk about the new season of The Challenge, which starts tomorrow. Uh, and I love The Challenge. I know I, I don't get to recap it here on the show because I'm already overwhelmed with recaps, but uh, I am excited to chat with him. And uh, I've been watching The Challenge since the beginning. I still think it's a great reality show. It's 100 seasons in, and still fantastic. So, the new season starts tomorrow night. My chat with CT will be at the end of the episode. You can check the podcast episode description if you just want to skip ahead and listen to that. Uh, and they'll, there might be a spoiler or two, because I've seen the premiere. So, uh, if you haven't watched the premiere of The Challenge, maybe hold off listening to the interview with CT, or just know that there are like a couple very, very minor spoilers. Okay. So, with that said, uh, shall we hop into this week's Vanderpump Rules? So we open this week with Ariana and LVP. They're at the horse. They're with the horses. They're with Prince Tarden, who is Lisa's horse. And it's revealed that Lisa taught the horse to talk. Mr. Ed is shook. She taught that horse to talk. And when she said it, I was kind of... <laughs> I don't know if anyone else like has kind of gone mad throughout this quarantine, but I really thought like the horse was going to talk back. Like, not just neigh back. Like, I thought the horse... I really thought I was like on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh my God, is the horse and Lisa going to have a conversation? <laughs> is the horse going to like start uh, hosting at Sir or something? Like, I was expecting the horse to actually talk back, not just nay. And that just goes to show you where my brain is right now. During this quarantining, that's where my brain is. And I, I was a little disappointed, slightly disappointed that the horse didn't have a full-blown conversation with Ariana and LVP, but I was still impressed that she taught the horse to neigh when she has a conversation with it, with him. Um, but would, have, would I have liked a full uh, confessional from the horse? Of course. I would have liked to see the horse in a confessional. They're adding all these other new, new people. I wouldn't have been shocked if a horse all of a sudden got a confessional. We got confessionals from Dana and Danica and Brett and Max and Charlie, the whole gang. Why not add Prince Tarden to the mix? I'm sure he's got some thoughts on this season, on the gang. Um, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. Then we cut to Stasi and Katie. Uh, Katie brings over In-N-Out Burger to Stasi, And I just have to say, I miss In-N-Out Burger. I miss, every, I miss going out to the restaurants. I miss going out in public in general. Um, here in LA, we're under lockdown. And when I saw that In-N-Out Burger, whoo! I miss it. I miss it. I love an in and out I don't love their fries, though. It's neither here nor there. The point is, Stasi was hungover. Uh, they talk a little bit about Kristen. Of course, last week they got in that fight at Tom Sandoval's birthday party. Uh, and more to come on that. But then we cut to James and Raquel. They're home. Uh, morning time, James is making bacon. Raquel's got the cutest pajamas, too, by the way. 
I fall in lo- more and more in love with Raquel every week. Um, but James uh, and Raquel, they talk a little bit about Lala. And two steps forward, one step back, it was like, I thought Lala and James were on the right track, and now um, they're not after what happened at Tom Sandoval's birthday party. But in real time, it seems like James and Lala are good because they just released a song called like Playboy or something like that. Uh, I listened to part of it, um, and it was definitely a song. But we do... We do hear them, uh, James and Raquel, talking about James's sobriety, and I was thinking about it. I feel like we did sort of, we do oftentimes create these monsters, right? Like, I'm not saying that a lot of these people on reality TV wouldn't have problems with alcohol or with, with whatever problems they present us with, but it's interesting that we watch the reality TV because we want to see crazy people acting crazy, and then uh, oftentimes they take it one step too far because they're fulfilling that duty of being crazy. Uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but I sometimes feel like we create the monsters on reality TV in a way, because we encourage them to be not just with the drinking, but with everything. They kind of have to play up the caricature of who we see them as to give us the good entertainment, and then it becomes one step too far. So I'm rooting for James to just get healthy. I hope he's continuing to go to these AA meetings and to treat Raquel better. Because again, I all I seem to care about these days is Raquel. It's just her well-being. I'm literally waking up in cold sweats in the middle of the night being like, I hope Raquel's okay. I just, just want things to be good for her. And sometimes some of that might be misplaced. Because I've been reading the news a lot, and things are very dark and scary out there for a lot of people. Um, So, maybe some of my worry about Raquel is misplaced. But I do hope things are good. Do hope things are good. Then Katie reveals that she's having a girls' night, and she invited all the new people to her house. Everyone literally but Kristen. Every single human being that's been on the show. She was talking about it, and someone was like, oh, who are you invited to this girls' night? I think Stassi's like, who's coming? And Katie's like, well, I invited Charlie, Danica, Dana, Diana, Vale, Laura Lee, Natalie, Miami girl, Sherry Cartwright, Mama, <laughs> everyone. Stassi's like, oh, but no, Kristen. Like, literally everyone who's ever appeared on this show who is a woman, she, they were invited to girls' night. Everyone but Kristen, Kristen Doty. And I was thinking, Kristen's going to snap. This is when Kristen snaps. When she's not invited to this girls' night and all those new women are invited to the girls' night, that's not going to sit over well with Kristen Doty. I was very concerned about it. Very concerned. We'll get there. Then we cut back to the horse farm and... Look, we have to just talk briefly about the moment where Lisa Vanderpump tried to get the horse to have a boner. Did anyone notice this? I could not believe my eyes. I didn't know what exactly I was watching. I thought Mr. Ed would never. You know, that was the moment where I thought, we haven't seen that on Mr. Ed. I couldn't believe that Lisa Vanderpump was just bragging about the horse boner and then trying to get the horse a boner. And Ariana did that like very awkward laugh where it was like, ha ha. Oh, you're crazy. That's crazy. But I felt like she was thinking in her head, like, what the fuck? (laughs) You're on camera, Lisa. And even if you weren't on camera, maybe not appropriate to do. Maybe it's just not something you need to do. The camera, the audience, you know, we're all watching to see these young, messy servers in West Hollywood. I don't think we need to see you giving a horse a boner. Note to self. I don't need to see that. It's just not something I'm interested in looking at. Um, but I know she was joking. It was just a bit of a shocking. Maybe it's the British humor. Maybe I just don't get it. You know, she often explains things as British humor. Maybe it was just a joke that us here in the States don't get. Uh, but I'm not sure that people in other countries would get it either. It was a little bit strange to me. Then we cut to Tom and Jax. They're bartending. Jax is turning 40. I can't believe I thought he was 40 already. I did. I did. Um, and meanwhile, at Sir, Shishi and Raquel, they go back to the dump area. You know, I love the Sir dump. And they go to have a conversation back there. And Shishi is talking about Tom Sandoval's birthday party. And she's talking about how she dressed up in the dominatrix outfit. And she was like slapping everyone with the whip. And she starts to tell Raquel, like, no one's been whipping me. So I had to, you know, whip everyone else. And Raquel is not paying not one bit of attention to Shishi. <laughs> It was just so funny to me because Raquel could not have cared less that uh, Sheena was talking about her dominatrix outfit. And then in the middle of this, all of a sudden, Katie calls 
Raquel. And Raquel, again, ignores Sheena. I, I think Sheena was like mid-conversation and Raquel just was like, hello? And she answered, she answered Katie's call. And Katie invited Raquel to the girls' night. Again, shocking that Raquel is invited. And Kristen Doty, who Kristen pointed out later in the episode, like, I'm your wine partner in our wine business. And like, I'm not invited to the girls' night. But Raquel's invited. Raquel said, I'd love to come. Thank you for thinking of me. And she's going to girls' night. And I'm excited for Raquel to integrate more into the group. That made me happy. Uh, Then we have a scene where Brett and Sheena, they talk about the YouTube. They talk about the YouTube, which I played a little clip earlier in the episode. But uh, Brett says that he's like a big YouTuber. (laughs) He says he's a big YouTuber. He said, my subscribers like when I'm being authentic. And as he's saying about how he's gained so many subscribers on YouTube, the brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors, uh, they play some footage of just Brett without a blouse. That's how he got his subscribers. That's how he got them. He just took off his blouse and people hit the subscribe button. It doesn't take a lot for people. When people are thirsty and they just want to look at a man with a nice chest and some abs, they'll hit subscribe. And we've come to learn that Brett is not the nicest human being. And uh, quite frankly, people put aside those differences to hit subscribe on his YouTube. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I definitely want to do it because I do not like this Brett. But a lot of people have subscribed. Over 500,000 have subscribed. And so he's going to help Sheena who we know now has like a big YouTube channel. She's been promoting it. I had her on the podcast last week, and she was telling me all about the YouTube channel. Um, But he's going to help Shishi out. And then he says to Sheena, I think people would like to hear from you being a divorcee. And then he says, I look at you like a guy friend. And Sheena's just looking at him like, well, wait a minute. I'm Sheena's still thinking like she's going to hook up with him and date him maybe. And then... He's saying, like, I look at you like a guy friend. And Sheena says, who knows? Maybe one day we'll see where the world takes us. Maybe one day we'll get together. Be more than that. Who knows? <laughs> He's just looking at her like, nope, not going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Then we cut to Tom and Max and Schwartz. They're all hanging out. And Tom Sandoval says, now that people have houses, we can TP it. And he says, I love a prank. Schwartz says, I love a prank too, but I'm not going to TP Jax's house. And we do see this flashback, which I had totally forgotten, when Tom Schwartz put the steak in his ass and then served it to the other guys. I mean, that was a moment. That was a moment. That was a prank. Uh, but apparently, he's not interested in TPing Jax's house. He's not going to do it. He thinks it's a bad idea. Uh, Max and Sandoval go to do it. And let me just say, the gardener was at Jax and Brittany's house. He's the one who's going to have to clean up all that TP work. I felt really upset for the gardener. Did you see the gardener? He was just shaking his head. He's like, God damn it. These motherfuckers. Like, the gardener was so fucking pissed. He had to clean up all that toilet paper. All that toilet paper, that poor gardener. That's the last thing he wants to do. He does not want to have to clean up that TP. Ah, Max and Sandoval, I was getting so mad at them. I thought they kept going even through the gardener looking at him. The gardener came out to the front and looked at him, shook his head. And even still, they continued on with the toilet paper work. And I thought, "Mm -mm, nope, nope, that poor gardener. Then uh, Jackson and Brittany come home. And it was funny because Sandoval had like written old fart in in, uh, cream or what, what, shaving cream on the concrete in front of the house. And Brittany's like, oh, it says old fart. What is all this? It says old fart. Oh, those assholes. It says old fart everywhere. (laughs) And Brittany was trying to do that thing of like, she didn't want to make a big deal out of it because she didn't want to upset Jax on his birthday. Um, But Sandoval pretended he got TP'd too. Uh, And Jax and Brittany, they're trying to figure out who did it. And they believe Sandoval because Sandoval like put some toilet paper on his house and said he didn't do it. But, you know, it was a, it was a mostly innocent prank, and Jax responded too far, but we'll get there. So then uh, we see more of Sheena and Brett. This uh, scene, Brett's over in Marina Del Rey, and right when he arrives in Marina Del Rey, Sheena brags about having sex with someone four times the night before. Sheena, every scene is really leaning into this, uh, this sex kitten role, and I know she's selling merch now that says, I think, boy crazy or something like that. So she's really leaning in. And you know what? I'm happy for her to lean in. I'm happy for her. I'll tell you what. Brett was saying 
when they were filming this YouTube, you're 34, you're a middle-aged woman, you're divorced, you're freezing your eggs, and really like embarrassing her, right? And I really thought it was funny this week. And of course, justice for Shishi. But I thought this week was really funny how they were leaning into that. And I was trying to think, like, why do I think this week's funny? But other weeks when they have like a montage of Sheena being embarrassing, it's I've, I'm not thinking it's funny. And what I realized is that I like when the cast members do it. You know, I still hate Brett, but I like when he is kind of like poking and prodding at her a little bit. That's when it's funny. It's not funny to me when like they edit like some commercial or montage of Sheena being embarrassing. Does that make sense? That's what I think is the difference. Like I was really laughing so hard when Brett was being a dick to her. Maybe one of my favorite scenes ever when he was just filming the YouTube and her eyes went wide, <laughs> shaking. He called her middle-aged. Ugh. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. Meanwhile, over at Katie's house, they're getting ready for the wine night, the girls' night. And I noticed there were bottles of wine that weren't Witches of WeHo wine. Later on, it was revealed that there was uh, some bottles of Witches of WeHo. But let me tell you something. Bethany Frankel would never. Bethany Frankel, if she was having a girls' night, and that's why Bethany is such a great reality star, she was having a girls' night, she would have only served her drinks. I was surprised, Katie and Stassi, they were serving other wines that weren't Witches of WeHo. I, want, I was like yelling through the screen. I'm like, put out the Witches of WeHo. That's your wine. You got to sell it. You got to sell that shit. Uh, meanwhile, at Kristen's house, Sheena's like on her way to the girls' night, and Sheena calls Kristen, and she says, "Look, I well, first of all, she says I just stopped YouTubing with Brett, and he called me middle aged." And then Kristen was like, "Oh, <laughs> you're middle aged," and he was she was like taunting her too. <laughs> oh, it made me laugh. It made me laugh. Uh, but Kristen uh, finally found out that she was not invited to girls' night, and that's when she started to spiral. Sheena even said she, Sheena stuck the knife in and then twisted it even more when she said, uh, Lisa's not going to be there because she has a funeral, but maybe she was invited. So Sheena just had to say to Kristen on the phone, as Kristen's spiraling, like, oh, by the way, I bet LVP was invited, but she couldn't go because she has a funeral. And Kristen's like, what the fuck? Why was everyone else invited? When Sheena gets off the phone, Kristen just has a conversation with her dog. She says, hey, do you want to drink wine with me tonight? She says to the dogs. And I felt bad because here's the thing. I don't think Kristen really cares that she wasn't invited to the girls' night. I'm sure on some level she's like a little upset about it. But I think Kristen was probably mostly upset because what that means is she's not going to be filming. And I believe, I don't know this to be true, but I believe they, are, they must be on some sort of new contracts this season with such a large cast. And so I would imagine they probably get paid per scene or per episode, something like that. And so if everyone else in the cast is filming, but you're not invited, I would imagine, and again, I have no proof, no one's told me this or anything, but I would imagine that would mean like some sort of pay cut or pay decrease. And so that's what I would be most frustrated about. Like, And even if there wasn't a pay increase, it's like you're on camera less. So it's easier for you to get phased out entirely. So I bet you Kristen was pissed about that. I bet. Then we cut to the wine night, which the wine night was wild, you guys. Brittany showed up with a handle of open vodka. Brittany traveled with a, a handle of open vodka. I know they live close to each other, but she was just traveling in a car with a half-consumed half bottle of Tito's. She said, y'all know I can't drink wine. I love that you brought a handle of vodka. Y'all know I can't drink wine. Brittany also has like a very goofy laugh in the, in the best way. And I mean that as a compliment, but she's like, y'all know I can't drink wine. <laughs> and I, lo- I love it. It reminds me of Goofy from Disney. You know, the, the dog human hybrid. Y'all know I can't drink that wine. <laughs> I love that. I love our Brett. I love that you brought a handle of vodka. Y'all know I can't drink wine. <laughs> it's like, Brittany, like a casual girls' night. I don't know if you need to bring over your handle of vodka. Like, it was a wine night. You know, we all have that friend, though. You say, come over for a wine night, and then they get blacked out drunk. I feel like, Brittany, you maybe shouldn't have brought over the handle of vodka. Y'all know I can't drink wine. Meanwhile, Sheena brought over some string cheese. These, these people are stuck between a childhood and adulthood. 
and it's not not relatable. But I was kind of surprised that Shishi brought over some string cheese. By the way, Shishi released her enchilada re- recipe, and there ain't much to it. <laughs> There's not much to it. But she did finally release that recipe. Um, and she brought over the string cheese. You guys, this night, Lala was exhausting to me. Lala was exhausting to me. She said to Raquel, she said, you will know your place. People like Raquel need to remember to stay in their lane. And she said in her confessional, uh, let me, people like me run shit. She's just exhausting. And she's such an, she's being such an asshole to Raquel. Raquel had said, I think Lala views me as more vulnerable and she preys on that. It's a very bully thing to do. I feel like we're in a hamster wheel going in circles. That's how I feel every time I talk to you. I mean, if we don't all agree that she's a bully, we can all agree that she's a bitch. She was completely right because uh, that's what Lala does. And I don't think Lala would step up and talk to other people like that. And did you guys catch Charlie kind of threw a little shade at Lala and her confessional? From what I've seen and like the way Lala's speaking to Raquel, maybe she still likes James. I don't know. I mean, why else would you fight with Raquel? Like, you can still like someone and know you're not supposed to be with them and still secretly hate their girlfriend. Lala's just getting too big for her britches. She said, I think you've forgotten your place, but I'm going to remind you. She said she was like a, a Michael Vick fighting dog. Ugh, you guys, Lala is exhausting to me. I used to love Lala, too. And it's like, I don't know what happened. She thinks she, I don't know. And the, the way she speaks to people is just inappropriate. She even kind of snapped at Stasi, And it seems to me like they're all afraid to kind of stand up to Lala. And I like Rand, too. I'm like kind of falling for Rand a little bit, I mentioned on the show. And Lala, though, ugh, I don't know. Then we cut to Jax's 40th birthday party. They're at Rocco's, which is Lance Bass's bar. I think he owns it or part of it or something like that here in West Hollywood. And Jax is throwing a theme party. It's an 80s theme party, even though last week he was complaining so much about Tom Sandoval having a theme party. And Tom Sandoval, the gem of a guy he is, he shows up with a sword that he had signed by Randy Jackson. Now, I was very confused because I've seen the movie Step Brothers, but I, it's not like one that I've memorized. You know, I feel like straight men, they really like worship that movie and they memorize it and love it all. You know, the gays, we're, we're memorizing First Wives Club. We're memorizing Romy Michelle's High School Reunion. We're memorizing Practical Magic. We're memorizing August Osage County. We're memorizing Aaron Brakovich. We're memorizing... These are our films. These are our films. And we're not sitting there memorizing stepbrothers. We might like it. We might put it on. And we might enjoy chuckle a little bit. But we, we aren't, like, obsessing over every detail in the movie Stepbrothers. And the straights are. The straights are memorizing. They love it. They sit back and watch. They tell all their friends, I love Step Brothers. They love the Will Ferrell movies. And I love Will Ferrell too, but not in that way. And so when Tom Sandoval said he got a sword signed by Randy Jackson, I was so confused. I was like trying to catch my bearings. I was looking around. And I felt like my equilibrium was off. I thought, what is this? What is he talking about? I couldn't remember the pop culture reference. And I get pop culture references. This is a pop culture podcast. I feel like I, I'm an encyclopedia of pop culture knowledge. But even I was like, what is he saying? What is this? What are these words? And then it was revealed that this is like a thing from the movie Step Brothers. And Randy Jackson, he was talking about American Idol's Randy Jackson. I thought he was talking about, like, isn't there a wrestler Randy Jackson? I don't know. I it just was confused who he was talking about. And then we see a picture of Sandoval with Randy Jackson. Now, of course, I know Randy Jackson. He's someone I am familiar with because the gays, we also know early American Idol, right? I'm an encyclopedic, uh, I have encyclopedic knowledge of early seasons of American Idol. So when I saw Randy Jackson, that was when I got my bearings. I still had to kind of figure out, like, why is he signing a sword? Uh, but Randy Jackson, I know. And so I, I snapped back into reality and I thought, what a nice gesture. How nice. Sandoval said, oh, we like this movie, Step Brothers. And so for his birthday, I had a friend who was able to get me a quick meeting with Randy Jackson. I got him sign the sword. That's a nice friend. And the producer says to Sandoval in his confessional, what did Jax get you for your birthday? And Tom says, nothing. And that's their friendship in a nutshell. And I, I don't understand it. Jax is always so mean to Tom Sandoval. And here Tom was a great best man, and Jax was being a dick about that. 
And now here, Tom got him this wonderfully thoughtful gift signed by Randy Jackson himself, the dog. And uh, Jax couldn't even be that nice about it. Couldn't even be that nice about it. By the way, early American Idol, woo, nothing better. Nothing better. I was just talking to a friend about this. Do you remember that one season where Paula critiqued uh, a performance that never happened? Do you guys remember that? Remember there was like a couple seasons in the middle there where Paula was showing up to the show, let's say, loose. She was showing up loose. And there was one particular episode where each contestant was supposed to perform twice. And they had just gotten done with their first performance. And Paula started critiquing the second and it was a moment for the ages. If you get a chance, look it up on YouTube. It's fantastic. Everyone else tried to cover for her. So like Randy and Simon and Ryan Seacrest, they were all like, oh, you must mean the first performance. And Paula's like, what? <laughs> uh, those were the years. That was entertainment. That was entertainment. Those early seasons where Paula was just showing up, loosey-goosey saying whatever came to her, her mind first. <laughs> she was, didn't make any goddamn sense. She never made any sense on that. In college, my friends, we used to keep a journal of Paula Abdul quotes. So like in those early seasons of Idol when she was really loosey-goosey, we would write down some of the critiques she said, and they never made any sense. When you would write them down, there was one I remember that always sticks out where she said like, count your fingers, count your toes, you're in it to win it. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean, Paula? Like, what? What the fuck do you mean by that? <laughs> count your fingers, count your toes, you're in it to win it. Like that was her whole critique of a performance. Somebody just sang their heart out on live TV, and uh, they're trying to win this talent competition, and you just said, count your fingers, count your toes, you're in it to win it. That doesn't make any fucking sense. There was a lot of quotes like that, and if you watch those early, early episodes, woo, I would like to go back. Take me back in time. Take me back in time. Anyway, where were we? I apologize for that American Idol detour. Uh, oh, Schwartz gave Jax a foot with a vagina on it. So let me just repeat that. Schwartz, Tom Schwartz, gave Jax for his 40th birthday a foot with a vagina attached. Now, I, this was a little unclear to me. I didn't quite understand. They were saying, so like, was the top of, I, I couldn't understand how this worked. I don't know where he got it from. Was this custom made or is that something you could buy on the, at the dark webs? Because this is not something I've seen in Walmart, in Target, in Home Goods. I've never seen a foot with a vagina attached to it, a fake one. But apparently this is something you can order on the dark webs. I've seen a lot in my day. I've seen a lot. And especially as we've been cooped up at home, I've been doing a lot of online browsing. I can't necessarily afford to buy all the things that I want, but I've been on the internet just shopping. We got nothing else to do. And so I've been searching the corners of the internet and finding all sorts of crazy stuff. I've been reading those BuzzFeed articles. You know, I'm getting so bored at home. I'm reading those BuzzFeed articles that are like, sponsored by Amazon, and it's like the things you need for your kitchen, and then you see all this shit that you think you need that you really don't. I've been reading a lot of those. I've been reading a lot of those, and you know what i never seen a BuzzFeed list? A foot with a vagina attached uh, with a link to Amazon. Never seen it. But apparently it exists, and we all know Jax loves feet, which is just, it's all disgusting. Every, talking about this is disgusting to me, and when I saw Jax do a shot out of the foot vagina, wow. Wow, Jax, wow. Wow, foot vagina, wow. I could not believe my eyes. The foot vagina just did a shot out of it. And look, I've taken shots out of all sorts of things. Back in my college days, my youths, I've done uh, belly shots. What do they call those? Body shots. I've done body shots. I've done shots out of ice sculptures, you know, ice luge. And I've taken shots out of lots of stuff. Lots of things, but I've never done out of a vagina foot. And we had to watch that on camera. A 40-year-old take a shot out of a vagina foot. That's it, folks. Let's just think about that for a minute. Let's just take a moment of silence for Jack's, the image that we'll never forget of Jack's taking a shot out of the vagina foot. I can't even say it. I can't even say it. The vagina foot. The vagina foot. If that vagina foot could talk. Woo! There's your vagina monologues reboot. Anyway, I'm done talking about the vagina foot, but I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Meanwhile, Carter's at this party. I thought, why is Carter at this party? Kristen did look cute, though, in her 80s off the shoulder. She looked really cute. Uh, Then, let's see, James and Raquel. Raquel takes James to AA, which was nice. I hope they... Raquel looks so proud. She was so proud of him. She ran some errands while she dropped him off at AA. Ugh, so cute. Then, um... 
Oh, then Jackson and Randall take shots. So Jack's, or Randall's at this 40th birthday party and they talk about being 40 and it's, it's kind of a shock to the system because like we're used to these people in my head. These people have always been in their twenties. Okay. And I know Jax is 40 now and I'm looking at Jackson and Randall on screen and Randall's pushing, I, I'd say he's pushing 57, but apparently he's in his forties and they're talking about entering the forties club. And no shade, no shade. It's just this show I associate with their 20s. And so to see these two older men uh, who they're more middle-aged than Sheena is, let's just say that Sheena is less middle-aged than Randall. And to see these two men talking and then talking about being a prank specialist, that was tough, tough to watch. It was tough to watch. And Randall says he's been a prank specialist on all his movies. I think he said that specifically, prank specialist. He said, I've done it on every movie I've done. And I'm thinking, first of all, did Randall fake arrest Al Pacino or John Travolta when they worked together? Like, could you imagine on set, Randall's just like sending fake police officers to John Travolta's dressing room and arresting him? Like, did that happen? Meanwhile, you just know that Randall pulled all these pranks on the men on his set and the leading ladies, they had to just put up with all that bullshit. Because let me tell you something, leading ladies in this industry, they have to put up with all this fucking bullshit from the men. And I'm sure, I don't know who the leading ladies were of these movies that Randall has produced, but you just know Alfre Woodard has been on set thinking like, ah, fuck. Now we're going to have to push the shooting schedule because the producer of this film, Randall, had to play a prank on Al Pacino. You just know those leading ladies are sitting in their dressing room thinking, God, I got to deal with this shit again. Got to deal with it again. Because you know Randall didn't pull the prank on the women. He just did it on the men and you know it pushed back filming. It probably pushed back filming a day, a two days, a few hours. And the women on set and the makeup artists and the hair people and everyone else who worked on that set had to sit and wait for the fucking prank to be over. Ugh. Did you guys ever see that documentary of Jim Carrey when he was working on the Man on the Moon movie? And he was walking around terrorizing everyone on set. And the, the makeup artists and the hair people and the costume designers and the, everyone else on set had to just put up with it him terrorizing people. I mean, could you imagine? Everyone's just trying to do their job and get to work, and they got to deal with a prankster. Mm-mm. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested. From the producer, Randall's pulling all these pranks. I hope it didn't push back filming, but if I was one of the, I'd like to talk to someone who's on one of those sets, and I'd like to know if they had to wait around for the prank to end, because I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed sitting through that nonsense. Anyway, then the whole group goes over to Tom and Ariana's. Jax is such a dick when he shows up. He said, they should have bought a couch. And then Tom grabs the penis flute and just starts playing for everyone. (laughs) The the penis flute. And then uh, the prank starts. So for the prank, Randall hired these two actors to dress up as cops, and he got them cop cars. Let me tell you something. I think this is illegal. I don't know that for sure, but I'm like 90% sure it's illegal to have to impersonate a police officer. And they were doing it in public. It wasn't in like a private home. The police officers had their cars going on the street. So that's like not private property. So this is in public. There's people are impersonating police officers. I'm 90% sure. I know you can't dress up as a police officer for Halloween. So why is it legal? This is, this was too far. And I know that Katie had pointed this out, but she said, turn on the fucking news. I was 100% on Katie's side with this. I was like, she's right. Like, imagine, uh, it's too much. Turn on the news. And these police officers are dealing with enough shit right now. And now they have to watch Randall's actors impersonating them on the TV on Vanderpump Rules. These police officers who are working right now through a pandemic. These police officers are going to serve our country during a pandemic. And they get home at night and they put on their show, they put on Vanderpump Rules to relax for a couple hours. And they got to see two yahoos impersonate him because Randall's pulling a prank on Tom Sandoval. Not now. Not now, Jackson Randall. Not today. And I felt bad for all the people of color who had to watch this and see them making light of this situation. Ariana was right. She said, uh, people have trouble with cops. Katie and Ariana were the only ones who seemed to understand this. And it was interesting because it sparked this whole fight that I did not see coming between Schwartz and Katie, which seemed to be much deeper rooted than this prank. Like, you know, Bethany Frankel always says, it's not about what it's about. These two weren't fighting about the prank. There was a deeper rooted issue. Tom Schwartz said, I've never been more turned off in my life. That's why I don't have sex with her. 
you guys, it was so dark-sided. It was so, he said, no one cares about your opinion. And I thought, this is deeper. This is deeper. He has some like very deep-rooted hate towards her. And it was tough to watch, and I hope they've worked it out. But it seems like every season we get one of these scenes. And look, I've been with my boyfriend for 10 years, and I'm not saying our relationship is perfect. We definitely have fights. We get in arguments. Like there's, there, Of course, if there were cameras on us, people would see some fights. But I can't remember a time where we've had a fight like that or a fight like last season. Remember when they were on vacation, which they flash back to? Like Matt, we've had fights, and I'm not saying that couples don't fight. Definitely, I think there's times where you cross a line or you poke and prod at your significant other when you're in a fight. But when these two fight, they go for the jugular and it's like very, very over the edge. I mean, he said, I've never been more turned off in my life. That's why I don't have sex with her. And he said it in front of everyone else. And Bo said to him, he said, chill. And this was interesting. Tom Schwartz said, I'm not looking for your opinion ever. And I thought, oh, there's some deep stuff there. There's some animosity between Schwartz and Bo that I'm excited to see play out. Did you guys catch that? That's a feud that I'm kind of interested in seeing more of. And then Schwartz, as they were leaving, he said, another three months we're not having sex. And he said it to the whole party. Katie's like, I'm not going home with you. It was so dark. And maybe it was the alcohol talking. Another reason why at a certain point, if that's how you act on alcohol, it's time to maybe not drink. No, no, I can't drink wine. But it seems like there's just way more deep-rooted stuff between Katie and Schwartz, and now Schwartz and Bo. And Schwartz is always so nice, so lovable, so kind. But it seems like there's a switch that happens with him where he just gets so angry. And I don't know if if Katie's the trigger, um, but it was surprising to me that the trigger happened and then he was getting mad at Bo, too. And I wonder if, like... They see this happening in shorts and they're like, okay, back off. Like, don't talk to him right now. But I, I just, if, if Matt ever talked to me like that in front of friends, let alone in front of cameras, I don't know that I could forgive him. I'd be so upset with him. I would be so upset. I can't believe you. That's why we're not having sex in three months. Woo, you guys. You guys. And everyone else was just like, uh, what the fuck is going on? And Katie rightfully said in her interview, she said, this is how he talks to me sometimes, but usually, no one else sees it. She said, last time it happened when we were on vacation, no one else was there. I don't know. hope they were. They seem like they're good now, but maybe they don't need a drink around each other. Maybe that's the solution. Just don't drink around each other. Go out with your friends separately, have your cocktails, but maybe don't get drunk with each other because this is what seems to come out. Although last time it happened when they were on vacation, it didn't seem like there was any alcohol involved. There's just a lot of darkness there. A lot of darkness. Um, but speaking of darkness, I loved this episode. I I thought it was great. We got the fighting between Lala and Raquel. We had a lot of dynamic shifting with the Bo and Tom Schwartz thing. We had this lot going on a costume party. Again, I don't like, I just want to be very clear. I do not like the cop impersonating thing. I thought it was very inappropriate on so many levels. On so many levels, I did not think. It was just so stupid. It was stupid, too. It was stupid. And Tom Sandoval, I felt bad for him because he had to kind of play it off like, oh, it was funny. It was no big deal. But like, he was sweating and upset about it. <laughs> like, when, when they told him, like, haha, it's a prank, like, you could see genuine fear in his face. He looked like shook. He looked shook up. And I would have been too. I mean, I just don't think you, you, you joke about, co- I, I don't think you joke about cops. I think there's so many other things you could do to pull a prank. I just don't think you involve cops or, fake police officers. And again, I do believe it's illegal. And I do feel bad. And this was this is one of the reasons why they would benefit from having people of color on the show to come and explain to them, like, hey, here's the reasons why you shouldn't do this. Like, this is why this is problematic. But unfortunately, we don't have people of color on this show. It would be so great if we had a person of color to come, or many people of color to come in and say, hey, guys, this is why you shouldn't do that. Or this is why this is inappropriate. Uh, luckily, it was nice to see Katie and Ariana and uh, say that it was problematic. But you know, that's the episode. Okay, let's uh, next week on the show, Stasi and Bo talk a little bit about their engagement. Uh, we get some Sheena crying. I, I I don't know. I'm I hope the season continues on this path. Maybe it was just one good episode. Maybe it wasn't even that good. But I'm cooped up and I'm thinking it was great. But I really did think it was good. 
truly. Um, so uh, hopefully we continue down this path. I have to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino. Danny, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. Now let's get to my chat with CT from MTV's The Challenge. Again, there are very minor spoilers there. I think there's just one kind of spoiler about the premiere. Uh, I just have to say that just maybe come back and listen to it after the premiere or just know that there's a, it's like a super minor thing, but I want to let everyone know because I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. Um, so without further ado, please enjoy my chat. I will leave you guys with this. Please take some time to do some breathing exercises today uh, and uh, tell the people you love that you love them. And without further ado, here's my chat with CT from The Challenge. The premiere of The Challenge is Wednesday night on MTV. Bye-bye. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you, you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Yeah, yeah. 
Hello. Hi, CT. First of all, how are you doing? How are you doing throughout all of the kind of the craziness that's going I'm on right good. now? I'm good. Uh, I'm actually, I hope everybody else is good out there in the world. I'm actually been spending a lot more time with my son than I usually get to, which is really nice. That's if you can hear me back down. Yeah. Oh he God. honestly How... promised me he was going to be quiet for me. Well, CT, uh, I wanted to ask you, how do you feel now that the show's premiering? Do you, do you ever get nervous anymore? Or is it kind of like old hat to, do you even care? Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I've embarrassed myself enough on national television, I guess, growing up on TV to the right. point where, uh, you don't I like to think the worst is over. It's not really, yeah, I'm right. nervous about. How do you feel about the challenges now? Do you feel like they're harder than they were maybe 10 years ago or something? Or like, like strength-wise, how do you feel about them? Um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They're, they're far more difficult. And I think the competition itself has increased considerably. Is there, yeah. is there someone throughout uh, your time on the show that you feel like is the one of the best players to ever play the game? Like even necessarily someone that hasn't been on in a while or someone that you just looked at and you were like, they knew how to play it besides yourself, of course. I mean, obviously out there right now, uh, bananas, you know, yeah. he's, uh, you know, he's got the most rings, you know, the most championships. He does what he has to do with bananas. I uh, say what you want about him, but I, one of the main reasons why he's so successful, that's one. I think it's one of the reasons why people who have won, you know, a few challenges, like look at Darrell. Mm -hmm. He is a person from the past that, what, he, I think he's won six and he stayed below the radar. No one ever really mentions his name. But probably one of the most, if not the most intimidating person on the challenge, in my opinion. Yeah. He has an amazing athlete. He's won like six, I think. But these are the type of people that they always keep their focus on, on, on the final prize. Mm hmm. So, do you have a favorite season from the show? I mean, uh, the the one that hits home to me is the one when I kind of came back from my hiatus as a dad, right. and uh, you know, and I, and, and then, you know, I took home the dub, uh, you know, and I did it for my son. That was a really important time because it was kind of I, I was it was me getting back on my feet, you know, and I wanted my son to be proud of me and. The, what I thought of was, was uh, as he gets older, you know, he's going to type in his name. I'm going to come up and right. I'm going to have some explaining to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but I didn't want him this. The last thing he saw was like me being a knucklehead running around my head cut off. Right. So I wanted him to, you know, to be proud of his old man. And yeah. And, and then you won. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, we have something in common. What? Me and you were both. Uh, we've both have hung out with Mr. Cohen himself, although you had a better seat. You were by oh, the bar. Right. right. Wait, were yeah. you on a Watch What Happens Live? Yes, yes. Yours went way better than mine, though. Why, I, uh, why was yours bad? Well, I ended up cracking a bottle over his head. Oh, my God. I don't remember I, that. You didn't hear about that? No, I don't. What happened? Well, I, I, you know, I was kind of out of my element. Maybe I, I wasn't, uh, maybe I was nervous, but he said, he, he told me I should, uh, he said something on the lines of like I, I should do porn, and I think he was like joking, like a backhanded compliment. And I, to me, I think I took it as like a Studio Fifty Four oh chocolate moment. So I kind of was like, I became defensive, and then you know. So it wasn't like a joke hitting him over the head. It was it when it wasn't on air, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Wait, it was on air. Yeah, no, uh, it was. Oh my god, CT! I had no idea. You're well, googling it right now. Aren't you? I'm gonna Google it in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know, um, I know Tori and Jordan a little bit too. They've been on the show cool. a few times, and cool, uh, cool. yeah, I love, I, I love the challenge. I mean, I'm, I've been such a fan uh, since the beginning, and I, uh, like I said before, I feel like it's just a show that keeps reinventing itself, but it's always really fun. Um, it's always really fun to watch. You did some, you did a spinoff, the wedding spinoff. Would you ever do another spinoff again? Or are you happy just? I don't think the show? so. I don't think so. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, that. I mean, I, I'm grateful for it and whatnot, um, but I, I, looking back on it, I think uh, we should have just stuck to our plans and just had a destination wedding. Right. Honestly, it, I felt like it just got to the point where uh, it just felt like it wasn't even about us anymore. We were just dealing with what everybody else needed and what was going on around us. And I was doing it as a way to kind of like bring everybody together because, you know, you know, every family has their, you know. Yeah. Bumpy times, and but also it was more for Lily because uh, 
you know, well, when she met me, she didn't know who I was and all that. And, yeah. uh, and I know I'm crazy in my own right, but she also had a lot to deal with. She, you know, there was a big cattle sh- uh, shadow casted over her, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people had given her a fair a fair shot. So this was like us coming out, like that OCT's gone, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it just. And it was so, it kept getting condensed. Like we kept postponing it and postponing, it. and then it got to the point where everything just felt rushed. And yeah, uh, I mean, you I know, could, I could only imagine like reality TV weddings. It, there's like a lot of production stuff that goes into it. I, I feel like it's already enough stress to have a wedding as it is. But then I also mean, it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I thought it looked it looked beautiful in the end, the way the the clouds parted, and it was just. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was real. Well, you honest. live and you learn. And you know what? I, it, you could say you can argue it was. It, it could have been better. It could have been worse. Right. And but um. But you know, when you're limited on time, you, you know, there's only so much you can show. Like, look at the challenges. Yeah. I. You got like thirty something people in the house. There's so much more that goes on behind the scenes, but there's only so much you can use. You yeah. know. Um. Yeah. And I mean, that's just you know, do what you can. You know, do you have any yeah. regrets from the the challenge show? Like uh, throughout the years, obviously, uh, like said and you know, done back some in crazy the day, shit. You know, back in the day, woulda, coulda, shoulda, and all that. Yeah. I know. Now being, uh, you know, like I said, almost forty, I, I real, I don't think I'd really change a thing. It's been a wild ride, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've I've lived in every continent except except for the South Pole. Oh my you know? god, that's so crazy to yeah, think about. Yeah, I travel the world. I've gone through so much, and like I said, I've, 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 I have like a, a recording of my, <laughs> of my adult life. Oh my you know, god, yeah. I could see. I mean, just by my hairstyles throughout the years, yeah. you can see the different, like. Right, <laughs> which CT is, <laughs> and I think all of us, like so many people, like myself, have been watching since the beginning. Like I remember you on the Real World, and then and yeah. on the challenge, and so many of you guys. And that's why I really get attached to like the vets coming back. And you know, I I mm. love the, I like that they open it up to new people, but I wish they would do a season where it was just like the old school people um, that like I Glory grew up with. Days. Right. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what I, I want. tell you what, though, the things that I would say I would regret. Looking back on it, like I was running around with a chip on my shoulder, and I, I wish I had taken the challenges more serious when I was younger. Because mm. I really didn't care getting into fights, getting kicked off. Like I, you know, yeah, like it, it, it's such a waste of opportunities, you know. Right, right. I mean, because it's a lot of money and, uh, at stake. Yeah, I mean, I mean, shoot, I mean, I'm lucky enough. I won three, all three in Thailand. By the way, Thailand is a magical place. Really? Do you get a lot of time to like spend on the islands when you go to these places, or or um, is it pretty quick? You, you can. Typically, a lot of people will stay afterward, and yeah. you know. Um, but you usually me, I, I just want to get home. I miss my buds and my fam. You know the squad. Right. Uh, okay, so there is a big twist. A spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched the first episode. There's a big twist with uh, bananas and West. They seem to have an alliance, and I just wondered, from your perspective, like, do you think it'll? Well, you already know what the fuck happened, but do you think it'll last? Like, do you? Will that relationship last? Uh, th- look at them two. It's 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 a truce. It's not an alliance. Right now, they're like, hey, listen. I still hate you, mm-hmm. but I like money more. Right. And you don't come after me. I won't come after you. But in the end, I'm going to kick your ass. I think that's what's happening. Right. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look what happened to them both, they kind of, you know. Yeah. The past few seasons, yeah. neither one of them. Been they, got, that, right? you know, they got sucker punched last season. Yeah. Uh, you know. Right. But, you know, it's also the changing of the times. Um, and, and, and I think that we are like a dwindling of a generation of cast members. And, right. they're, you know, I, I call us three, we're kind of like the space cowboys of the challenge. You know, that <laughs> movie with Tommy Lee Jones and Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, know. but I want the I like I want the old people back. I mean, I want them. I, I liked when they had Veronica back a couple seasons ago. Like, yeah, you, you mentioned Darnell. Like, I I I always want to see Darrell, that Darrell. Darrell, Not Darnell. I'm sorry, Darrell. sorry. Um, I I like that. I, I don't know. But uh, what do you make yeah. of all these other cast members coming in? Do do they kind of come in at like, first confused? No, uh, at first I was like, you know, get off my show, right? You know. But now, um, I think it's a good thing. It, it's the changing of the guard, you know? And, uh, you know, all the old and with the new. 
Don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> as long right. as I can help it. But I think it's a good thing. Um, I, I do. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because a lot of the, some of these new guys, depending on what show they, they come from, they have a particular advantage over other new guys. Like, say if you have, like, uh, Josh and Polly, Say what you want about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do play a good political game. It's because of their big brother experience. Mm, right. You know? But then if it comes to... Um, Someone from Survivor or something. Exactly. Yeah, they're you know? a little more athletic. They're probably going to be a pain in the ass in some sort of challenge where it comes down to yeah. attrition. You know? Uh, okay, so I, I know I asked you this before when you were cutting out, but um, what do you have a favorite format of the show, like from previous seasons? Like, do you like when it's you know a two person team or two teams or or everyone for themselves? Like, what do you prefer? Uh, you know, in a weird way, I I, uh, it, I can't really say because I, to me personally, I don't. It doesn't. It changes a, a, a few intermediate variables, but in the overall aspect of the game, it really doesn't change. Yeah. So yeah, I'm on one team, you're on another. Right. But uh, I'm still trying to get rid of people on my team that I know are going to backstab me in the, uh, as it gets closer to the end, and vice versa on the other team. You yeah. help me, I'll help you. So that aspect is still happening, but uh, when it is an individual. Um, you have no one but to blame. You have no one to blame but yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no one to run, or hide. Uh, but then again, you're also on teams, so it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. with the team format, actually, uh, oh, that's a tough one. Okay, if it's a team format, you got to be careful because you might be stuck with a bunch of quote unquote layups, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's hit or miss. It's fifty fifty. Either you're on a really good team or you're on a really bad team, right? That's mm-hmm. something that can happen. Whereas if you're it's an individual, like every challenge, you could be on a team of four, a team of ten, a team of two. Mm-hmm. It could be all individual. So it's con- you don't know your team could be good or bad on any given day, but it's not set in stone. So I ca- think I'd probably I prefer that. And you guys don't have any idea of like what it's going to be going into the season. You find out there, right? No, some people have, have the conspiracy theorists like Kara. Oh my God, she will run every she turns into a like rain man she runs every scenario <laughs> in her head every oh little thing and it's just i i can't i don't i don't like to do that to myself it's just yeah. stress me out drive you crazy um yeah, okay right. ct uh what can fans look forward to uh, fans like myself who've been watching so many years like what do we have to look forward to this season uh what can you kind of tease about it uh i'll say this uh challenge fever is gonna be at an all-time high i call it cabin fever. it's like the challenge version of cabin fever it's yeah. gonna be insane people are gonna, gonna really go crazy uh the challenge is it's this one's gonna be a true test of heart and who really wants it it's not about like i'm the most popular or i'm uh you know, i'm the most athletic it, it's the conditions that we're living under brings in such a, a, a an important aspect that I think people were taking for granted, and it's just it's the mental game. This one is just mentally draining, and it, it's people crack, and, and yeah, and yeah, I don't know. It's, you know it was just, terrible. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> this might. I, I'm just thinking of this now. Like maybe this is a stupid oh. question, but with all this quarantine stuff, do you feel like a little bit more equipped than most of us because you're used to being in a house where you're kind of stuck there? You know, it's funny you say that because I don't mind. Everybody else is vibrating over here, right. literally. And I feel bad for CJ because he wants to just play all the time, and he's like, "I want to go out," and I'm trying to explain to him that we can't. Right. You know, which is tough because I don't want him to be afraid of things. I want him to be careful. Right. But, but I don't know. Well, you but know? I'm I'm sure you're a little bit more mentally equipped than most of us because it's like you guys are used to staying in a house and you don't have technology. I mean, at least at home. Yeah, you, at least you watch. TV yeah, I got my phone. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> well, CT, thank you so much for chatting with me. I, I'm so excited to to watch the rest of the sure. season. The premiere sure. was really great. I thought it was fantastic. So where can people find you on social media? Uh, I am on Instagram, uh, underscore famous for nothing. <laughs> Alrighty, bud. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.
love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.